Welcome to Faith Foundations with Open the Word with Circle of Friends podcast. I'm your host, Gwen McCaslin, for this discipleship series every Wednesday called Faith Foundations. We are under the umbrella of Open the Word. If you're joining us right now, um, go back and listen to some of the beginning ones in your spare time because there's a rich library of podcasts from Wednesdays going back about a year and a half. And so there's lots and lots and lots of things. And just perusing through titles can kind of give you an idea. Our first series uh, is all about how we got the Bible, how we can know we can trust it. Um, because in this day and age, one of the things that's being attacked is, is the Bible relevant? Is it trustworthy? Is it important? Um, can't we do the Christian life without it? Because it's this big book we don't know a lot about anymore. And so my heart is to inspire an entire generation of the church to fall in love with the Word of God um, and to stop allowing their faith to be distracted by other things that are good things, but they were never meant to take the place of the Word of God. Like, for example, devotionals. Devotionals are to get you in the Word of God. That's the entire point of them, is to give you a thought from the Word of God. But some of them are not faithful to context. And so it's very important to make sure that you're reading the verses before and after and really looking at what book some of the things come from, um, who the author was, who the original audience was. Um, Because one thing you're going to hear me say if you listen to more than a couple of these is you're going to hear me say the Bible cannot mean something for us today that it did not or could not mean for its original audience. And so that is huge in importance because we can't just make the Bible say what we want it to say. We have to study what it meant to the original setting, to the original audience, to the original struggles that it's addressing, especially especially in the New Testament epistle letters, because they are very clearly written from someone to someone about something very specific. And so as we go through these letters portion of the New Testament, um, it is very important to do your background and your research on your who, what, when, where, and why, and how of each book. And to keep that in mind as you read portions throughout um, and so it's, it's important to even sometimes take a look at um, a certain author's writings as a whole. Uh, for example, John is fascinating to look at all of his writings, to look at the Gospel of John, to look at First and Second and Third and Third John, to look at um, revelations, and to look at how the language he uses and the imagery in all three are consistent across the board. Um, And so it's kind of fascinating to see the consistency of just him as a writer with the scripture. Um, The other thing you're going to notice is like, for example, um, the the gospel according to Luke and the book of Acts are actually a part one and a part two. Um, And so a part one is the book of Luke and it is a a accurate uh, record of the life of Christ in as close of time f- timeline order as he could get it and he did a lot of interviews to create that timeline as accurate as he could and so he he is literally a historian who was writing to preserve and then book of acts picks up where 
the book of Luke stops, and it is the story of the early church's growth process from those 30-some disciples, 130 disciples that were waiting in a room for the Holy Spirit of promise, um, all the way through filling the region and just exploding around the known world at the time. Um, So all that said, we're going to pick up a little bit on the end of Paul's life. So this is kind of a part two on Paul, um, and then we will go into the book of Romans. Um, And so just FYI, uh, the last episode is the one where we've talked about most of the life of Paul up to the point that he accepted Christ um, and surrendered his life to Jesus. Um, And he did that through a very dramatic um, moment that he had where Jesus showed up to him. Um, And it's very unique the way Jesus showed up um, because Jesus literally showed up and called him like he had done with the disciples. And so he refers to himself as an apostle born out of time. Um, And he he was accurately able to be called an apostle because Jesus had shown up and personally called him. Um, And so that is very specific and very different. And I want you to understand that there is a significance to the New Testament calling people an apostle because the apostles um, wrote... Uh, down things and what they wrote down they either they wrote or their right hand or somebody who did ministry with them would write so for example Luke was not in the original um, uh, disciples turned apostles but he was a physician who traveled alongside of the apostle Paul Um, and so it's important to remember Uh, that one of the criteria for the New Testament books is apostolic authorship um, or like their right hand. And so it was under their oversight. Okay. And so that was one of the things that the early church in about 100 to 300 used um, to determine what was in the New Testament and what was not in the New Testament. Um, Okay. Uh, all right. So all of that said, and for more on that, um, go back to one of that earlier series about how we got the Bible. There's, um, uh, we talk about the canon and how the canon for the Old Testament and the New Testament are formed. Um, and the canon just means a collection of books. Um, the Bible is a collection of 66 books. Um, there are 39 books in the Old Testament, and there are 27 in the New Testament, um, which is a total of that 66. Um, And they are grouped by the the genre of what type of book they are. Um, uh, And, you know, so the Old Testament, you have um, the Pentateuch is first. um, That was written by Moses. Uh, Anyway, go back and listen to those original episodes where I introduce the structure of Scripture. Um, Because especially if you don't have a really solid foundation in the Word of God, like you don't know what you're reading when you open it, um, it's very important to just do a little bit of listening and and learning and gleaning some information so that you understand where you're at in the book, uh, in the Bible as a whole. Because it is those 66 books that were written... um, you know, by a specific person to a specific audience to us in a specific context for a reason. 
Um, and so knowing the reason each book is written is so crucial and of vital importance. Um, knowing whether it's a history book or whether it is poetry um, is going to determine how you're reading it. Um, knowing whether it's a letter or whether it is a collection of writings like Proverbs. Because, for example, if you're reading in Proverbs, Old Testament, you need to know that in one chapter, you might have four or five different subjects that are covered, and they may not all go together. Um, because we as mankind made it easy to know where things were by adding chapters and verses. Those weren't there when those things were originally written. Um, and so it just would have been one continuous scroll. And so to be able to find Isaiah 53, um, they had to put chapters in the scroll of Isaiah. Um, and so that's something that's kind of come um, later for us to kind of be able to find and locate things. Um, so when I say John 3.16, you know where to go to find, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Um, so in any case, uh, all right, and I'm giving you far more than I intended to today. All right, so let's pick up with the life of Paul. I want to actually go to 2 Corinthians 11, um, 16, and I want to talk a little bit about the suffering that Paul went through. He kind of gives a list here of what he had endured for the sake of Christ. And we're going to pick up on verse 16. Again, I say, let no one think me foolish, for if you do receive me even as foolish, um, so that I also may boast a little. Um, what I'm saying, I'm not saying as the Lord would, but as in foolishness, in the confidence of the boasting. Um, since many boast according to the flesh, I will too. <laughs> Don't you love it? Um, for you, being wise, tolerate the foolish gladly. For you tolerate it if anyone enslaves you, devours you, if anyone takes advantage of you, if anyone exalts you, um, if anyone hits you in the face. To my shame, I must say that we have been weak by comparison. But in whatever respect anyone else is bold, I will speak fool in foolishness, um, just as uh, bold myself. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. <laughs> I more so, in far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Um, three times I was beaten with rods. Uh, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my countrymen, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all of the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? If I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weakness, the Lord and the Father of the Lord Jesus. He who is blessed forever knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, um, the ethnarch under Artanius the king was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and so escaped their hands. 
Um, you know, here's the thing. There is a list of everything that Paul went through. Um, and all of this, you, you just hear, even in the, the original disciple um, that was in Damascus that was sent to Paul, in uh, what the Lord spoke to that man, he said, I'm going to show him what he must endure for my sake, the sufferings that he will endure. Um, and so I want you to keep in mind all of that when you listen to Paul's writings, um, because they're happening at different stages along the way. Um, they're happening as he's recovering from wounds, as he's um, trying to get his energy back after almost dying, um, because that's the context for his life uh, that he writes out of. So, okay, that all said, we are going to start in the book of Romans. Um, Romans is uh, a standalone gospel in some senses. It is a letter to the Roman Christians. Um, and um, let's see, so the, the who of this book is Paul. The what is a letter to the Roman Christians, and he wrote this from Corinth, um, and he wrote this about 57 AD. Now, one of the fascinating things that you could do is to pull out a map. Um, I love to use Pinterest for this, like to look at a map that does a timeline for Paul's um, traveling journeys, and then a map to kind of follow so you can see where he's at. Um, and to take those two things, uh, and to kind of say, okay, so Paul's in Corinth in nineteen in fifty seven A.D. Okay, and find which which missionary journey he's on when he writes this. Um, so I'm going to leave that a mystery, and I'm going to let you figure that out. <laughs> uh, okay, so the why of this book is to illustrate law, faith, salvation, and righteous living. Um, and so he very much is uh, explaining the Old Testament law and how. It is fulfilled in Christ and how it rolls over into salvation and righteous living now. Um, and so it's very important to keep that in mind because it is, it's basically theology 101 for Romans, <laughs> uh, for the Roman Christians. Now, Roman Christians would have been pagan Christians. They would not have had the foundation and the grounding in the Old Testament Torah um, or the law. They wouldn't have grown up going to the synagogue schools up until the age of 13, they wouldn't have had access to any of that. They were Roman. Um, they would have been trained in Hellenistic thought, in Greek uh, literature, writing um, the Greek um, deity systems of the day. Uh, I mean, everything. So they, they had to know the Greek background, but then they would have also known what Romans had done with that. And remember, Romans had basically pillaged a lot of the Greek stuff and made it their own. Um, and so there's kind of this weird blend that kind of happens between the old stuff that's been basically pillaged out of Greek thought, literature, art, everything, and then morphed a little bit into Roman logic, reasoning, um, study, theology, you know, spirituality, like all of this weird stuff. Okay. Um, and then the Romans, the Romans were wanting to be so careful and we'll get into that a little bit more, but the outline, let's, let's talk, um, outline. So the outline, basic outline is the Christian gospel is verses is chapters one through eight. Israel is discussed in 9 through 11, and Christian life is discussed 12 through 16. Okay, so it's very important to kind of keep that in mind. Um, I would write this in the front of Romans somewhere, 
um, the who, the what, the when, the where, why, the outline, and then the key verse for the book of Romans is actually Romans 12, 1 and 2. And it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so let's dig in a little bit to some things in Romans. Um, If you have your Bibles, go get them. Um, If you don't have them, and open up a little bit, because we'll talk. Um, But the main theme of the gospel is grace. Uh, And so he talks about grace a lot. You're going to hear that a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, He clearly presents God's plan for salvation and for righteousness for all humanity. Jew and Gentile alike. And so he does a lot in the book of Romans of explaining to the church that um, the Jew and the Greek are unified in Christ, that there's no longer any distinctions. Another source I checked out um, came at the structure of, or the outline for the book, a little bit differently. Um, And they kind of looked at it like there were four books inside of the book of Romans. Um, And I find this kind of helpful. Romans chapter 1 through 5 is basically the book on justification. Um, So righteousness, to pardon, salvation means being whole, set free, deliverance. Um, it's this this idea of being justified would have been a legal term, declared righteous, um, is kind of the idea. And it's not a righteousness based on your works. It's a righteousness based on Christ and his righteousness. And so he who knew no sin becomes sin for us so that we might be the righteousness of Christ in him um, or have the righteousness of Christ in him. Okay, the, um, chapter 6 through 8 is a book on sanctification, um, to be set apart or holy. Chapter 9 through 11 uh, is the book on election or uh, uh, that Israel was chosen. Um, And so it explains a lot how the gospel is first to the nation of Israel and then to the Jew and the other, uh, or sorry, the Greek and the other, um, or the Gentile. Um, And then the last one is uh, chapters 12 through 16, and it's the application. It's real-life issues. Um, And so in chapter 12 is kind of this beautiful outline about renewing our minds and about um, functioning in the church and how we each have different roles that we've been given, different gifting um, by the Holy Spirit, and how we're to be together working together as a body of Christ, and also how to live in community. Um, So, for example, verse 9 is, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, um, and give preference to one another in honor. Um, Then you've got rejoicing in hope, persevering in persecutions, devoted in prayer. And so there's all these wonderful pithy one-liners here that are like phrases, little phrases um, that are so rich. Uh, Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. Um, And then it talks about how to handle enemies. 
Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, but be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, and then it goes into chapter 13, which is how do you live in the government that is around you? And verse 13, one says, every person is to be in subjection to the governing, governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, for they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. And then, you know, 14 starts principles of consciousness, you know, and then the rest of it, you're getting into how to live life, uh, real life issues, how to handle certain things that the church at Rome would have been struggling with. Christians in Rome would have been facing some of these. Um, and so I think you kind of get the gist of this. So the first part is theology. And the second part of the book is always how to walk it out, what it looks like in real life, real time. Um, and so for us as believers, the New Testament is an amazing place to be planting ourselves to learn how to live life as a believer, to live life consistent with the Bible. Um, and it doesn't speak exhaustively on all topics. And so when you find one of those topics that you're wondering about that maybe doesn't quite clearly get addressed, that's when you stop and you go, okay, so are there any principles that from this scriptures that I can take and apply in this scenario? Um, and so that's, that's what we do. Um, that's how we walk out the Christian life. Um, sanctification is living a life that is different than what the world says. Uh, and so Romans very clearly articulates that. Okay, so let's take a closer look at um, the first of the four books in Romans, within the book of Romans. Um, first of all, the one thing I want to tell you is that the book of Romans is literary masterpiece at work right in front of your eyes. Um, and so it truly is the most systematic um, ordered, structured walkthrough of theology that we have in the New Testament. Um, and that is Paul's training applied to the defense of the gospel. All right, so the first section that we, we're going to talk about is the road to righteousness. Um, and a lot of people, old school, old school, uh, grew up learning, especially if you were maybe a Baptist or something like that, but you grew up knowing the Romans road, that if you were going to share Christ, using the Romans road was the way to go, man. <laughs> um, and so we'll talk about that a little bit, but I want to kind of step this back and I'm going to end today with the Romans road um, so that you guys can actually put that in your, your Bible. Um, and what I do with the Romans road is I start at the first verse. Um, and so on the first page of Romans, I will write uh, Romans 3.10 because that's where it starts. And I'll put that usually on my front page. And then at Romans 310, I'll write the, the reference for the next piece of the journey of the Romans road. Um, and so right there, you would have it. All you'd have to have is to open your, your Bible to the book of Romans and, okay, I need to go to chapter three, verse 10. And it starts you where you can explain to everybody salvation very clearly and succinctly. 
Um, but the first thing in this first section is, this is chapters one through five. Um, and then what Paul covers first is the need for salvation. Um, and so he covers universal guilt. And that is in the first three chapters. Uh, he goes, um, chapter one through chapter two, verse seven is uh, the Gentiles need for salvation. Chapter two, verse eight through chapter 3, verse 20, is the Jews' need for salvation. Um, and then it culminates in uh, Romans 3.23, which is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, the method of salvation uh, by grace through faith uh, is very clearly seen. Um, so the first section under that is righteousness apart from the law, and you can see that in verses, or sorry, in chapter 3, verse 21. Uh, faith in the atonement, which is um, chapter 3, verse 24. And then you've got um, that it honors the law, the method of salvation. And one of the things that you have to understand, Paul was working from the premise that the believers that were Romans needed to understand how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament law. Okay, and how... Um, important that the Jews were, but also how the Gentiles fit into the Jews in the body of Christ. Um, and so because you would have had some that looked up on themselves because they were Jewish followers of Jesus and others who were trying to figure this whole thing out that were coming in with probably very little knowledge of the Jewish history of our faith. Um, and if you think about it today, you know, how many people at church really understand the Jewish faith, the Old Testament? Um, do you think about Christianity being Jewish in its roots? Do you think about the fact that the Old Testament is the foundation that the New Testament comes out of? Um, that it is the context for the entire New Testament? And that you cannot understand the New Testament without understanding the Old Testament and the covenant and the Jewish faith and them being chosen by God. Um, and so, so much of Romans is explaining those pieces and how they work together. So I told you guys that I'm going to end today's podcast with the Romans road. So here we go. I'm going to actually pause right there. And next podcast, I will pick up with chapters one through five. We're going to pull out some things out of there. Um, and things that the church desperately needs. So um, next episode is we're going to start just diving in uh, a little bit more in depth, at least to chapters one through five, and then we'll do an overview on the next book within Romans uh, called Sanctification. Okay, so let's do the Romans road because I promised that. Uh, the Romans road starts actually in Romans 3.10. And so the first thing that needs to be discussed with salvation is that there is none righteous no, not one. There's none who understands. There's none that seeks God. All have turned aside together and have become useless. There is none who does good, not even one. Now, the interesting thing about this is this is an Old Testament quote. Um, and it goes on to say, their throat is an open grave. Their tongues, they keep deceiving. There's poison of asps under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are quick to shed blood, destruction and misery are in their path, and the path to peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. 
Um, and one thing that speaks so clearly to the generation we have today is there is no fear of God in their eyes. Um, and so to some extent, one of the things that we need to talk about with new believers is the fact that we are, or sorry, not with new believers, but with the lost, is that we are sinners because there's a lot of people walking around who don't feel like they're sinners um, and who don't understand that um, deciding to do life your own way to your creator <laughs> is um, putting yourself on the throne and not acknowledging who he is. Um, and so, okay, so we're going to start with that verse. And then the next verse along the Romans road is actually Romans 3.23. Um, and this one says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, all right, the next place that we go along the Romans road is Romans 5, 8, and 9. Um, but God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. And if you keep going in this passage, it talks about how we were enemies um, of God. And now we are reconciled to God through the death of his son. Um, that um, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Uh, and then it goes on. And just as though one man sin entered into the world and death through that sin, so death spread to all men because all have sinned. Uh, yeah. And so that's there. As you keep reading, you'll see that link to the Old Testament because that one man was who? It's Adam and Genesis um, in the Garden of Eden where he chooses to eat of the tree, which was the one rule he was given, the one command that he was given. That was the one no that he gave. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a mama and I give my kids so many no's. And I think if I only gave them one, they'd still find a way to disobey because that's what Adam did <laughs> in the Garden of Eden. He could eat of any other tree but that one. Um, and through Satan's kind of coercion and through Eve's choice, Adam sins and sin enters all of creation. Um, and all of creation bears a curse. Um, okay, and so basically the rest of the story of the Bible is simply that. It's God's story of redeeming the fall in chapter 3 of Genesis through sending his son to pay for sin um, and to reunite us to where we can walk with God. Uh, okay, so the rest of the Romans road next goes to Romans 6.23, which is the wages of sin is death. Uh, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, and the navigators have a beautiful one-verse evangelism explanation of the gospel um, that you can look up as a resource. It is a drawing of, um, basically, it's the two cliffs, and on one side are sinners and one side is God. Um, and it talks about how we get across through Christ. The, his death on the cross and how he paid for sin. Um, and so you can find that at the Navigators under their resources on their webpage. Um, and it's a beautiful, it's meant to be done at a table on a piece of paper or a napkin. Um, next we go to Romans 10, 9, and 10. Um, 
Um, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness. With the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Um, next, I've got Ephesians four twenty two and 24. And it says, um, in reference to your former life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you renew, you're renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new self, which is the likeness of God that has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Um, and so it talks about the change that happens. And then the, the last one is 2 Corinthians 5.17 which says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. Um, so there you go. That is what we have referred to for years as the Romans Road, um, and it is explaining salvation to someone um, who does not understand. So hope that um, is a blessing for you, and we will pick up next week with Romans 1 through 5. So if you want to prep, this week. Um, why don't you just start reading? Uh, see what you can find and pull up. And um, next week will be, you can see if you picked out some of the same things I do in those first five chapters. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.